0: to the semi-final edition of the QB list fantasy football podcast unless you're in one of those leagues where they go to week 18 in which case welcome to the first round of the playoffs uh, or maybe you're in a league that didn't update settings from last year and this is your finals I I don't know but for us for most of our leagues this is the semifinals. finals uh, miles Nelson here joined as always with editor in chief Eric Smith and ryan heath and and i gotta say guys before we started recording we had talked a little bit about what this show should be and i think i'm i'm cool with it well you guys just want to go with the just crying for an hour
1: um how do you feel about that everyone everyone okay with just crying for the next hour Uh, yeah I don't know if I have any more tears left after doing wide receiver rankings this week, but um, I I could probably get a few going here. So let's cry. Let's get through this together. Let's set our lineups and then uh, probably change them again here in three or four hours.
2: Yeah, crying definitely can be a big one. I personally think I could sit in front of this microphone and just complain for an hour if we want to intersperse that with the crying. I think that we could put a good show together.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. You know, we can hit all three bases of of the, you know, the different levels of, of grief. We can have the person crying over all of the players on COVID and and uh being injured and everything else going on. You can be the the complainer um and then Eric you can just be like the person questioning God and just like why why are you doing this? To me? Why is everything happening? Uh in case you're wondering, you know, you've been under a rock. You haven't been paying attention to the NFL news and and you use this podcast uh, as your way of understanding what's going on. By the way, uh, everyone is still on COVID reserve list. Um, There are fewer players this time. Last week, I read off a list of about 20 players or so, maybe 15 players uh, that were on COVID reserve that were fantasy relevant. This week, it's only like 10. It's only 10, but the impact feels so much worse because we're talking about Austin Eckler, one of the top running backs of the year, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, Tyler Higby, Uh, Cole Beasley, who is definitely unvaccinated and uh, Jarvis Landry. Now, some of these people were placed on COVID reserve last week and just haven't cleared the protocols yet. Landry, Higby, um, Lockett, to name a few. But uh, Eckler, Hill, Kelsey, Cooks, all these guys were placed on COVID reserve within the last few days. And uh, that leaves their status in question for this week, especially uh, as the games are spread out this weekend. We do have a few Saturday, uh, Christmas Day games. Uh, one of those being Kansas city. Uh, So what does this mean for the Kansas city offense? uh, If number one uh, Hill and Kelsey can't get off the COVID list in time, you know, if they don't move the game till Tuesday, which apparently is the uh, everyone's favorite internet rumor that they're just going to do that because it's Kansas city. Um, it, It is Kansas city. It's why they want the game on Christmas. So what does this mean for the Kansas city offense? If Tyreek Hill and Travis
1: Kelsey cannot get off the COVID reserve list. Uh, It's going to be fascinating. uh, How much can Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid do on their own? Because we know this receiving core is pretty miserable behind them with Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. I mean, even Josh Gordon's on the COVID list. So I don't think we're even going to get him. So it's wild. I'm fascinated to see how they look, but um, it's hard to think that Mahomes is going to light this game up for 350 yards and four touchdowns because we've never seen it without Hill and Kelsey to this extent at the same time. And those are two of the best playmakers in the league. So we got, we got to knock this whole offense down probably means more touches for CEH, but you know, how successful are those touches going to be remains in question.
0: So just, just to be clear, uh, as of a few hours ago, Josh Gordon was activated from the COVID reserve list. So Josh Gordon season baby, uh, does that change at all? How you feel about this Kansas city offense? Uh, no. Perfect. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, my thoughts are that a bunch of people are probably going to talk themselves into Meikle Hardman again this week, because this is something that I've seen over and over again for the last three years in the fantasy football community. Don't fall for it. Um, I really think that Kansas City is just going to shift more to the run. This probably won't be that competitive of a game against the Steelers, you would think. So I would be avoiding any Kansas City receiver if the big two are out.
1: Yeah, it is interesting to see, though, because it's always been kind of the thought that they drafted Hardman as kind of the backup to Hill if his off-field stuff, you know, happened and took him out for extended period of time or if he got hurt or whatever. So I am curious to see if, like, they kind of slide him into that role because uh, Hardman's been losing ground recently. Uh, Pringle, I think, has been playing more than him. So it's really not happening for Hardman unless he just gets slotted into the Tyree kill role. So that's about the only uh, hope there is, I think, for Hardman at this point.
0: Have they not? I feel like they've done that every time Tyreek Hills had to miss a game. That's what they did, and then
1: Hardman still didn't, like, do
0: a whole. Yeah. I know that hasn't happened this year. Tyreek Hill hasn't oh. missed any time, but I think he missed a game or two last year. And, you know, Hardman was, quote-unquote, slotted into that role and did absolutely nothing with
1: it. Well, now there's no Kelsey, too, so I don't know. Somebody's got, to, somebody's got to get the ball, but um, it, it's fascinating. I would not be starting him, but it, it is interesting to see how this plays out.
0: Does this make... So obviously, you mentioned more touches for Clyde Edwards-Healey. Uh, does this mean Daryl Williams, who has had his uh, you know fair share of, of time this season, being fantasy relevant? Obviously, mostly with Ceh uh, e. out, but there has been some level of success with the both of them healthy. Um, is Daryl Williams someone that you're willing to play this week? And the idea that they might run the ball more or utilize him more in the passing game?
1: No, I don't think so because I mean Ceh out snapped him seventy to thirty last week, and I. These receivers are at least like they've been on the Chiefs roster for a while. Know the playbook. I don't think they're just going to run two running backs out there all the time. So uh, Williams is still going to be limited by just being on the bench when CEH is out there. So no, I, I'm still looking at CEH and that's about it in this running game.
2: This also probably shrinks the scoring pie quite a bit. I wouldn't expect Kansas City to be in the red zone as often. And that's really where the Daryl Williams appeal is, is that he's on the Chiefs on this high powered offense and yeah. can steal a touchdown here and there. So I don't think that upside really exists now. So I'd be avoiding if possible. Okay. And then I
0: have to ask the, the difficult question and I, I don't want to, but where do you rank Patrick Mahomes if he has neither Tyree kill or Travis Kelsey to throw to?
1: Well, you could forget all about that and rank them uh, QB4 like you would anyway. But no, they're both out. It's hard to keep all this straight this week. That's going to be the theme uh, throughout the whole podcast. But uh, he, I think he drops down right after Dak Prescott, right about QB10. And then you're deciding between Mahomes and Taysom Hill. Um, And it's uh, that's a fascinating conversation. So he's a back-end QB1 if he doesn't have these weapons, Patrick Mahomes is.
2: Yeah, I would have him in that same exact range. I would be debating him and Taysom Hill and also between him and my streamer that I'm going to talk about in a little bit here. So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, that's I guess that's the real question is like there uh, Taysom Hills up, up to I can't remember exactly what he got up to now, but he's I think up over 60% rostered. There's not a lot of quarterbacks out there um, that aren't, you know, heavily rostered that are interesting. Um, so I, I, I don't think there's anyone that you're. You know, adding to start over Patrick Mahomes even without these guys, unless unless you were a team that you know had for some reason drafted a second quarterback or, or rostered a second quarterback throughout this season, um, uh, Jalen Hurts type. I know he was pretty cheap on draft day. Maybe Joe Burrow. Uh, is there any chance that you'd play Hurts or Burrow um, or I don't know Stafford maybe over uh, Mahomes if for some reason you are rostering these two quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, I would definitely play Stafford. I really like his matchup in Minnesota. You get, you know, in a dome, no bad weather. They should put up some points against that Vikings defense. Uh, as far as Hurts, I would I would play him too. I mean, he had a bad game against the Giants, but um, and he plays the Giants this week. But I, I see that as more of a fluke than anything else. I think Hurts will put up a good score. Burrow, I think I'd probably play Mahomes over Burrow only because we just never know with Burrow if it's going to be a 24-pass attempt game or a 40-pass attempt game. And they've really been trending towards the run lately. So, I just don't know if the upside's there for Burrow. I'd probably still take a shot with Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. You probably shouldn't
0: have been rostering one of these guys if you drafted Mahomes. But I know that there are people out there that draft two quarterbacks for whatever reason. And they might, it might be for this moment, right? Might be for this moment. They might feel like they're very justified all along. Um, Let's move on from Kansas City to uh, the other really, you know, big piece of news, which was Austin Eckler um, being placed on COVID reserve. Uh, He initially, was reported to have been placed there on Monday and then, and then he wasn't, but he was placed on COVID reserve today. Uh, Obviously that makes Justin Jackson, um, his, his main backup there in Kansas, or sorry, in, in Los Angeles. Um, uh, You know, the next man up, he had 13 carries this past week against Kansas city for 86 yards. Is Justin Jackson a, a must start for you? If Austin Eckler cannot get cleared uh, in time for Sunday's matchup.
1: I think must start is a little strong. Um, it's, Uh, They're still in the back of my mind. I don't know if they're going to switch the running backs on us to be the backup to Austin Eckler, uh, but they do seem to have settled on Jackson. So I think it puts him pretty squarely in like the running back 17 to 22 range. Uh, So it kind of just depends on how strong you are at running back, but he's, he'd definitely be worth a start against Houston. That's a really nice matchup.
2: Agreed. It's a really nice matchup against Houston. And yeah, I mean, Jackson has the receiving skill set, kind of like I talked about last week. As long as we aren't getting totally played here and he does actually receive the majority of the work, then I think he's a pretty good start. And Miles is laughing, as I say, as long as we're not getting played, because we totally are, because this is week 16. So that's where we're at.
0: Yeah. And the, and the chargers are a team that have, have in the past when, you know, last year when Eckler went out with the, I think it was a thigh injury some the thigh hamstring, something in that realm. Um, It wasn't as clear cut as the better running back getting all of the work, which was Justin Jackson, uh, Joshua Kelly got mixed in. Um, so there's definitely some concern there that, that, you know, Jackson won't be able to just get all the work. And actually, if I remember correctly, I think four different chargers running backs got touches um, this past week against, um, Uh, Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, Josh Kelly got seven carries um, in addition to Jackson's 13. And then uh, Gabe Neighbors and Andre Roberts also got carries. I have no idea what position they play because this is the first time I'm ever hearing their names. Uh, But uh, yeah, the the Chargers uh, don't just make it simple for us. That's for sure. Uh, Who would you rank higher of the two running backs who have now been, you know, theoretically thrust into starting roles,
1: Justin Jackson or Tampa Bay's Ronald Jones? Oh, man. I think it's Ronald Jones. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't feel good, and we know what could be coming with Ronald Jones. Uh, This could certainly, he drops a pass and he's on the bench, but uh, this offense is talented with Tom Brady, a quarterback, and a good offensive line. They're missing a bunch of weapons. Someone's got to get the ball, so I'm starting Ronald Jones pretty confidently, as confidently as you could start Ronald Jones anyway, Um, so I would take Ronald Jones over Jackson.
2: Yeah, I think Jones's projected workload has to be a bit higher. There just aren't these guys on the back of the roster that are going to steal work from him. Like Keyshawn Vaughn is a punchline. I like. I don't really know where Bruce Arians could go to hurt us like this, but I think he will probably find a way regardless. So that's where we're at. I would also lean Jones slightly, but it's tough. If If Keyshawn Vaughn
0: is a punchline, is the joke everyone's sleeper list from last year? Uh, cause I believe it was Keyshawn, Keyshawn Vaughn, who was all over those things. And then LaShawn McCoy got signed by the Buccaneers and then Leonard Fournette. And it was just a whole, that never panned out anyway. Well, now we got Le'Veon Bell.
1: They right. Him. So that you was, know. there's the extra punchline.
0: Yeah. That's definitely the next, the next concern is Le'Veon Bell getting signed to Tampa Bay. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But, um, so it sounds like for both of you, Ronald Jones, ahead of Justin Jackson, uh, if, if you're in a position that you went out and added both of those guys this week, or if you, um, had Jackson already handcuffing. Uh, Eckler and you're able to get Ronald Jones. Jones is the person you would prefer to start. Yeah. Okay. Um, Real quick, just because uh, you might feel like, Hey, we're being a little bit more lax about talking about these guys coming back from COVID protocols, especially since I feel like all season long or at the very least the last few weeks, I kept, I kept harping on the fact that just because a player quote unquote could get off the COVID reserve list by testing negative. You know, there's that talk about Keenan Allen and and all these other guys who, you know, get put on COVID reserve early in the week um, and it never happening. Well, the NFL and uh, NFL Players Association recently came together, came up with new COVID protocols um, that like the really easy way of explaining them is basically like, hey, vaccinated players, if you don't tell us you're sick, we're not going to test you. So don't worry about it. Um, Or if you don't show like show symptoms, then don't worry about it. That's like kind of like, don't ask, don't tell uh, for vaccinated players. Uh, unvaccinated players are still being tested daily. Um, however, uh, there are still, you know, there's still the same uh, protocols in place for coming back from testing positive. Um, you still have to return to negative tests. The only thing is now they're testing for viral load as well. So you could test positive, but if your viral load is deemed small enough uh, and you're not a, a con- you know a concern for for spreading for being contagious and spreading COVID, um, you could still return. So it's possible now that in the past these players who weren't able to test negative, they weren't testing for viral load. Um, and so now Austin Eckler or Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, these other guys who are vaccinated, they could still test positive between now and game day, but they're, they're lightened uh, protocols around it. Um, even though all of the NFL official people around it have said, no, we're not relaxing our protocols. We're just testing against a more precise ruler. That was an exact quote from, from someone in the NFL office. So. Uh, t- whatever you think of that, it doesn't matter. The point being <laughs> is that vaccinated players do have a better chance of returning in the week that they tested positive, which is something we've not seen up to this point of the year. So, um, Eckler, Hill, Kelsey, uh, Brandon cooks, if you have these guys, it doesn't mean that they're definitely out this week. I would definitely be holding on to them personally. Um, there's a chance that they return, uh, just keep a very close eye on, on the the reporting around them. Um, Moving on from that, uh, not great news to move on to, but Chris Godwin's season is uh, officially done. He did tear his ACL and the Buccaneers' lost to the Saints. Um, This is a really bad game for the Buccaneers. Mike Evans hurt his hamstring in the game. He's considered week-to-week. He did not practice on Wednesday, so it doesn't look good for him playing this week. Leonard Fournette also likely to be placed on IR after suffering a hamstring injury. Um, They said he might just miss a game or two regardless at this point in the season. You can't really be hanging on to him, hoping for for him to play. They did sign Le'Veon Bell to the active roster. So no Godwin, no Evans, no Fournette. What what are we doing with the Bucs offense? Uh, and is there anyone here that you're looking to add to the, to your roster based on this?
1: Yeah, I think Tyler Johnson is probably the name to watch. Um, last week he played 95% of the snaps, saw a 15% target share. That's going to come down obviously when Evans is healthy and um, with Antonio Brown back. So I I don't know if he's going to be like a league winner, but I think Tyler Johnson's interesting. Um, Scotty Miller played about 80%. Jalen Darden was down to 55%. Uh, But then we also have Rashad Perriman, who I believe was on the COVID list last week. He'll be coming back. So it's a mess here. I do think it's worth chasing though, just because it's Brady. And we've seen what this offense can do through the air. And Fournette was a big part of the passing game too. So there's a lot to replace here. So I think Tyler Johnson is the first one. The question is just, can you trust him this week to start him? Probably not then you'd start him in a championship game. That's kind of a, the issue here, but there is upside if you can pick the right one. It's just it's probably more interesting like a DFS format than it is a, a season-long championship format.
2: I agree. Tyler Johnson is the ad out of all these guys. I have him ranked as the wide receiver 33 this week. I don't know if that's aggressive. That is assuming that Evans is out, um, which I think he probably will be. I like Tyler Johnson. He was a good prospect. It was surprising that he fell to day three in the draft. Um, which, which, I mean, you could say he fell the day three in the draft. Maybe he wasn't such a good prospect. Um, But before the draft process, he was seen on a lot of sleepers lists, just like Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, He was really productive at Minnesota while competing with Rashad Bateman. So this is a talented player, in my opinion. He's somebody that I have stashed in a lot of dynasty leagues. So if I have to pick somebody that's going to pop in these final two weeks, it's probably him
0: okay so tyler johnson is he so you haven't ranked at wide receiver 33 ryan which means he's borderline startable for you uh if you're in the well i was gonna say right league that feels like the wrong roster construction of tyler johnson startable for you um eric is tyler johnson at the very least someone worth stashing like would you be adding him this week just in case uh or is it are you still too apprehensive on on trusting you know him in this offense
1: no i do think he's worth adding i mean i have him at wide receiver 40 that's right in the same range as like jameson crowder against the jaguars he's basically the jets wide receiver one uh, josh reynolds has had a few decent weeks against the falcons that's a nice matchup jacoby myers i mean i've got him ahead of jerry judy this week i'm just done on the broncos uh. receivers but uh yeah wide receiver 40 i mean certainly in some deep leagues he's a flex play uh if not a wide receiver three so yep i i'd add him and uh Hopefully you get that 95% snap share and a uh, snap share and 15% target share. And it, it turns into a little more this week.
0: Um, by the way, you touching on Jerry Judy reminded me, Teddy Bridgewater is out for this week. Drew Locke will start at quarterback. Is there any member of the Broncos passing game that you will start? That includes Noah Fant.
1: Uh, Fant, but he's like tight end 12, I think for me, he's he's right at the back end. So he's about the only one.
2: Yeah, agreed. Fant is my tight end 13. Don't touch anybody else. Okay.
0: Uh back to Tampa Bay, uh is Le'Veon Bell someone that you should be stashing uh in case there's any any reporting uh that he might get, you know, the start. Um Ronald Jones is certainly not going to get the passing down work. Uh, that might go to Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, also it's Bruce Arian. So if he comes out and says Ronald Jones is our guy and he's going to get 100% of the carries, that obviously means that he's not. Um, so does does that do – is there any world in which Le'Veon Bell factors into your decision-making this weekend?
1: I mean, if, why do they have Keyshawn Vaughn if they're going to go to Le'Veon Bell? I know it doesn't have to make sense, but I, I, <laughs> it, it seems like he would have been traded by now if you're going to sign Le'Veon Bell and start him over Keyshawn Vaughn. So – I still think he's behind Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones, but who knows? It's it's 2021, so maybe Bell is a, a league winner in week 17.
2: I, just what we've seen from Bell, both on the yeah. Chiefs and his brief stint on the Ravens earlier this year, I I can't imagine him being startable in fantasy. There's no way. Okay.
1: Yeah, okay. I was I was joking. I, I'm I'm not playing Levy on Bell. We're picking him up.
2: Okay. Okay. Leave Le'Veon Bell
0: for someone else. Uh, Gotcha. And then finally, in the last piece of hysterical Tampa Bay news, because we're just at at that point, um, uh, head coach Bruce Arians did say the team is going to welcome back Antonio Brown after his three game suspension for faking for faking a COVID-19 vaccination card, because when they said that he wasn't going to be welcomed back a few weeks ago, and then we're like, Oh, wait, this is the nfl in 2021 anything could happen to our wide receivers uh turns out they were right i guess with godwin and evans both out uh they're they're going to go back on their morals and, and say hey antonio brown we need you so uh how excited are you to start antonio brown on your fantasy football teams this weekend
1: I mean, Arians was at least upfront about it. He was like, "Yeah, this is this is for the best for the football team." So I don't care what you all think, basically. But uh, <laughs> I've got him as a top ten wide receiver. I don't know about you all, but if Mike Evans is not out there and Chris Godwin's not out there, it's Gronk and it's Brown, and that's it. And uh, we know that Brady loves him, so Antonio Brown. So I would be shocked if we don't see like fifteen targets here. I just I don't know that there are many other receivers we can pencil in for this workload that Brown's going to see this week.
2: Yeah, he's my wide receiver 14. I'm probably too low on him, honestly. Uh, he He's going to really help out all of my eliminated best ball teams. I'll tell you that. <laughs> there yeah. you go.
0: All right. uh, Let's go ahead and move on to Thursday night football. Uh, Before we do, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of players here on this podcast and uh, not going to talk about every single one. So go to QB list.com, check out our sit start article. We talk about every fantasy relevant player in every single game. Um, Eric's rankings are up on the site. So you can see exactly where he has each player ranked Um, this week. That might be a, 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 he's going to have a tougher time doing that. I think, (laughs) Uh, but, but uh, they will be up on the site for you to to check out. So uh, definitely head over to qblist.com. But Thursday night this week, uh, it's it's a it's a decent matchup. It probably looked a lot better in the preseason. Uh, San Francisco and, and Tennessee. Um, Eli Mitchell is going to be out for a third straight week. Uh, in the last two weeks, we've seen Jeff Wilson Jr. put up five and a half PPR points and twenty PPR points. So which Jeff Wilson are we going to be getting this week?
1: It's a great question because this is not the best matchup here. Uh, The Titans have gone up the second fewest PPR points to running backs this year. Uh, Now, San Francisco kind of feels like the offense where that doesn't matter. But, I mean, it it is worth considering Wilson went off against Atlanta, which is a bad run defense. So, um, I mean, he's going to get the work. Um, We know that. Uh, Debo will come in for his, you know, eight or nine rushes. But uh, Wilson's going to be back there if they can get a lead. I I think the volume is worth chasing to some extent. So, uh, he's my running back 21 this week. I've got some questionable players like James Conner, Sony Michelle ahead of them just because I like, you know, maybe the matchup a little better, the offense a little better. But um, I don't know. I think Wilson can get it done for you, get a touchdown out of him, hopefully. It, it's, it might not be pretty, but he is startable.
2: I'm going to echo the sentiment throughout this segment. I am not feeling good about this game. It has a 44 <laughs> point over under. These are two teams that want to establish the run so hard. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's like ten total possessions in this game, and both are just playing ball control the entire time, and there's just no offensive production. Like, and it would be a really fun way for us to all spend our Thursday night together, getting really mad. That's just what I see in the future
0: so so with this being of a thursday night game we have to make this decision at a time and and normally when we talk about this kind of decision making point you know under normal years it's like yeah there's a few players to consider but this year uh with all the uncertainty uh i mean you could have an entire roster of healthy running backs i god i'm gonna knock on wood as soon as i say the sentence out loud you could have an entire roster of healthy running backs tomorrow at game time who could all be on the COVID reserve list by the time their game comes around that's me knocking on wood i'm so sorry for saying that out loud uh is jeff wilson jr um, like a must start in this circumstance Uh, unless it's someone that there's like no chance that they miss like nick chubb for example who has already gotten COVID this year there's no way he's gonna miss time um do you play jeff wilson jr kind of regardless just because you know he's gonna play
1: I mean, I think you're still factoring in upside and risk here. So, you know, if you're talking about, uh, you know, someone really good who, I mean, God, these running backs aren't even that good anymore. It's, I'm looking up the list for the next really good running back, but uh, if someone's some real upside, it is worth taking some risk in case they do land on the list. So, but I, I think generally, yes, play Jeff Wilson. He saw 88% of the snaps last week. They really don't seem like they want to get the ball to Jamichael Hasty. Tennessee's been struggling. I, I do agree with Ryan. This could be a slog of a game with very few possessions, but uh, you know, I just, I think he's going to be on the field so much that yes, if there's someone a couple spots above him in the rankings, it may be worth just going ahead and going with Jeff Wilson and uh, just taking some anxiety off your plate, at least for this week.
0: Does the same sentiment exist for Deontay Foreman? Who's now had three straight weeks of 10 plus points in PPR. Um, Is it, is it the same in terms of just get me points on the board? um, obviously not to the same level. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not to the same level as Jeff Wilson, but just like the thought process, that thought process is still there for Deontay.
1: I mean, I'd be curious to hear if Ryan wants to talk me out of this. I I just keep being down on Deontay Foreman because of the snaps. I mean, 38% of this or 39% of the snaps last week, it was like 34 the week before. I'm just really hesitant to chase that. I know it's working right now, but he's still in a three man backfield. So he's much lower for me. Um, I've got a more like RB30 range. So I, I don't know about you, Ryan. Do you have any interest in Foreman?
2: I'm kind of with you. Like he did have 22 carries last week, which looks good on like a top line glance, but that's out of 37 total running back rushes. So he's it's not like he's just dominating this backfield. His snap shares aren't there, as you said. I It really comes down to, are the Titans going to decide to, lose to san francisco by running the ball 40 times and it's very possible they do like i this is this is the titans we're talking about if any team's gonna do that then it would be them so i would lean away from deontay foreman i think i'd prefer wilson um really just for the implied total of the 49ers being superior and there being some more touchdown upside
0: okay so let me ask uh wilson uh eric currently you have him ranked uh 21 dante foreman ranked 32 so obviously a big difference in, in them there and I, and this is by the way at time of recording on uh at eight o'clock eastern on wednesday um eric's rankings are not finalized could be different by the time you see them on the site but let's just I hope let's <laughs> just <laughs> let's just play a game of how like who who would you sit wilson for um uh would you sit uh wilson for like josh jacobs like is Josh Jacobs too high on the list uh to play Wilson over?
1: Uh I I would stick with Jacobs. He's been kind of impressive in the sense that I mean, he's seeing receptions and we never saw that before. So uh, I think I'm playing Jacobs. He's just been such a workhorse for them, even though the offense is not impressive.
0: Okay. Um he was he was probably what I thought the line was gonna be because I saw Miles Sanders at eighteen, Sonny Michelle at nineteen. I I assume there's enough risk there that you're playing Jeff Wilson Jr. over the two of them.
1: Oh man, hurry. Are we, are we getting into Miles Sanders now? I mean, he's got 251 <laughs> yards rushing over his last two games. Like, are you going to sit that No, no. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what to think of this Eagles backfield. So yeah, I think that's about the line where you can certainly talk yourself into taking the safe points with Wilson. here.
0: Yeah. And, and by the way, this isn't saying you're benching them for sure. It's just, you know, yeah. using up a, a running back slot on Thursday to guarantee yourself points. And then, you know, maybe you're the team that you've got Miles Sanders and uh, Clyde Edwards elair or you know maybe not Edwards elair because he might be the only offense for them. Uh, maybe you got Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley and Jeff Wilson Jr. So you take points with Wilson, and then you you know wait and see what happens with Barkley and, and Sanders. How you are feeling? Um, so st- here's the other thing about Eli Mitchell being out. Um, then you you mentioned. Debo Samuel's carries earlier. This means another week of Debo Samuel getting more carries than targets. He's been doing that for five straight, week, five straight weeks now. Um, that typically has meant good things for Brandon Ayuk, uh, who's had double-digit PPR points in three of the four games up until last week when he had two targets, even though he was on the field for 56 out of 57 snaps. What? Wh- why? What happened? Can we play Brandon Ayuk this week? Because it seemed pretty straightforward. Mitchell's out. Debo's less of a wide receiver. Brandon, Iuke, good.
1: <laughs> I mean, they played Atlanta. Like, maybe they just didn't need to throw him the ball, you know? it's like Jeff Wilson was enough on the ground. So, uh, I do think this is a good matchup. Tennessee's second most PPR points to receivers. So, I agree. If they're using Debo more on the ground, that's good for Ayuk. And I would expect closer to the Bengals game than the Falcons game of production. So, uh, Ayuk is a top 25 receiver for me this week. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good about playing him.
2: I agree. As long as this game doesn't completely tank like I'm afraid it will, I think Ayuk should be fine. I do just want to point out that I said word for word on this podcast last week that we shouldn't expect Ayuk to just return to getting two targets a game with Debo potentially not running as much. And Debo was still running and Ayuk got two targets so that I, I don't even know. I don't uh, know what to do. This is the complaining phase. <laughs> Samuel,
0: Samuel's targets did jump. Uh, five targets uh, was like, I think, tied for the most during the stretch of Samuel being kind of like a the quarterell Patterson of the the 49ers. Um, hey, Yahoo and ESPN, everyone give Devo Samuel running back eligibility, please. Thank you. Uh, do you. Okay, moving to the other side of the ball. Uh, do you have any doubts about playing AJ Brown right away? Um, he has not played since week 11 which he left in the first, I think in the first quarter, first half with a chest injury. Um, He averaged 25 PPR points from week six to eight, and then averaged seven and a half PPR points from weeks nine to 11. Now, again, he did leave week 11 early in the game. He had nine, I think almost 10 PPR points in that game. So he was, he was trending towards a good, a good game in week 11, but still very, very stark uh, difference between those two kind of segments of games. And now first week back, no Derrick Henry, uh, Brian Tannehill doesn't look like he knows how to throw a football anymore. Do you play AJ Brown?
1: I do. I think in a different year, maybe you try to be a little more hesitant getting them in your lineup, but with the mess that everything is right now, they desperately need him. Uh they need to get him the ball. They're still, you know, they're still fighting for a number one seed here. So um I've got him wide receiver 12 because you look behind him and like I've got uh Stephon Diggs, he's playing the Patriots. Uh, Jamar Chase has been up and down. Tyler Lockett just had COVID. Like Adam Thielen's coming off injury. It's there are a lot of questions right after AJ Brown, even that high in the rankings. So start Brown. He's too much of a playmaker, um, and they they desperately need him.
2: Yeah, something we've learned this year, I think, is that most wide receivers have a floor of zero points, and yeah. you could say that AJ Brown has a floor of zero points this week with injury concerns. Uh, but the upside that he has is. Probably stacking up with like a high end wide receiver, two low end wide receiver one. So I'd agree with Eric. I think you're starting him as, and you held him all this time. Like you, you should probably start him if you did that.
0: Okay. Um, now there's another wide receiver in this game, uh, who it, it has had his fair share of injury problems and somehow does not have an injury designation, even though I think he's had one every single week since like 2017. Uh, Julio Jones practice in full on Wednesday. Um, he didn't practice at all to start the week, but practice in full doesn't have any injury designation is expected to play uh, against the 49ers. Um, just I, I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm not even going to play coy here. Just uh, please advise everyone at home
1: why they should not be playing Julio Jones. <laughs> I could go on a real long rant about how does he not have an injury designation, but we're already at 35 minutes. So um don't, don't, don't play him. He only played like of the snaps last week and uh we just we just can't trust him so I'm sitting him uh he's a long way away from starting for me
2: yeah Julio Jones will probably be my showdown captain on Thursday night
1: oh no and that that
2: should tell you to stay away (laughs) right
0: that's the contrarian of all contrarian takes I love it uh by the way uh the last time Julio Jones scored double digit in PPR was week two um he has not scored double digits since then
2: uh, so hey, just that contrarian is what I need in my showdown captain slot. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. You, all you need is for it to hit one time.
0: Uh, great. Let's move on to the streamers of the week. Uh, Ryan, keep it simple. Keep it straightforward. Who are you streaming this week?
2: All right. Assuming Lamar Jackson is not playing, we are absolutely streaming Tyler Huntley. He is rostered in just 5% of leagues. He gets the Bengals this week. All I need to tell you is 13 rushing attempts last week that that you should hear that and be like, OK, I'm going to play him as a low end QB one. He had 40 pass attempts in this competitive game where they were trying to come back against Green Bay. I think it's possible that that game flow gets uh, gets duplicated against Cincinnati. Again, kind of like Eric said, it depends which version of the Bengals offense we get, um, whether Joe Burrow is allowed to throw it a bunch or if they're just playing ball control for most of the game. Uh, and I'll say Tyler Huntley has really good weapons. I think we really underestimate how important weaponry is to quarterbacks. He's certainly got better weapons than somebody like Jalen Hurts or Taysom Hill or possibly this week, even Patrick Mahomes. So I think he's really in consideration with all these guys.
0: Yeah, Um. and, and Lamar didn't practice Uh. today, has not practiced this week. So there's a good chance Tyler Huntley's uh, starting again for Baltimore this weekend.
2: Yeah. And honestly, I kind of hope he is. He's pretty fun to watch. Like he he's, he's a fun player. This is the type of player that every team should have as their backup. So, all right, moving on to tight end. Now I've got Cole Komet. He has more targets than any player on the bears in the last month, which might surprise you because he hasn't been lighting it up in the fantasy football world, even though he's been the tight end 12 on a per game basis in that period It's mostly because he hasn't scored a touchdown all year. And you might say, well, yeah, of course he hasn't scored a touchdown. Jimmy Graham is the number one touchdown scorer for the Bears tight ends. But as it turns out, Cole Kmet has nine red zone targets this season, which is more than Jimmy Graham has. He's leading all Bears tight ends in red zone targets. It's kind of amazing he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So he's my tight end 14 this week, and I would actually probably start him over Noah Fant now that I'm looking at it. Okay, wow. Start him over Noah Fant. Um, obviously, if you're a Pat
0: Friermuth, uh manager out there and you need to replace him at tight end, um, you know you've got him ranked higher. You got him ranked higher than you know other popular streamers from the past few weeks like um, Tyler Conklin, uh, Ricky Seals, Jones, James O'Shaughnessy. So uh, Cole Komet the way to go for you this week. And then uh, at defense, if if you haven't planned out your defenses by now for the playoffs, you're still playing by the seat of your pants. That's fine. There's still an option out there for you, Ryan. Who is it?
2: Yeah, I think Seattle's in a good spot this week. They're home favorites against Chicago. Uh, the Bears are implied only 18 points, and the Bears have allowed the second most sacks in the league, which is 45 total, which gives them an even three sacks per game. Justin Fields has gotten sacked a lot, and he tends to put it on the ground, so that's pretty good for opposing fantasy defenses. It generates a lot of turnover opportunity.
0: Yeah, just as long as Seattle gives up a touchdown to Cole Komet, and then, then we're all good there.
2: Yeah, that's all we need.
0: Awesome. Okay, so, you know, there's a lot of time between now, right now when we're recording on Wednesday and most of the games on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then probably Tuesday with Kansas City probably getting moved, whatever. A lot of internet rumors. Point being, there's a lot of time between now and the game starting and uh if you need, you know, last minute advice, you don't know what to do with your lineups. Um Christmas uh, with the family is kind of lame and and you need someone else to talk to. Guess what? We have a discord Uh, come and hang out with us. Picturelist.com slash plus Uh, join our discord server. We will be there to help you with your lineup every day of the year. I guarantee you if it's Christmas morning and you got to figure out what to do with your lineups, there are people who will be in the discord uh, who will be uh, helping you. And I don't say that in like a, we force them to be kind of way. Just that's what they want to do. Okay. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. So uh, if you're at all concerned about your lineups between uh, the time you're listening to this podcast and the game starting, come join the discord and hang out with us. And then, um, you know, we always talk about on this podcast, everything's about 12 team PPR league. So again, you're in a standard league, you're in a deep league. Um, you want help with your DFS lineups for Christmas. Cause you, you want to go ahead and, and, and jump in on that. We have channels for all that stuff. So, so come in and, and come talk to us. Um, let's talk about running backs. Uh, let's talk. I mean, it, the waivers this week is weird. I don't have official most added running backs. Um, but the guys who are, have been most added thus far, Uh, are a lot of people we've already talked about. Ronald Jones, Justin Jackson, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, They're all people that you should be looking to play all in like the low 20s uh, in rankings for Eric. Um, Deontay Foreman, we talked a lot about him already in the Thursday Night Football segment. Um, Michael Carter, uh, uh, most added player, especially because he's been dropped in a lot of leagues because he was mistakenly uh, designated as being put on the COVID reserve list. Turns out there's two Michael Carters on the Jets. And it's not the running back. So, Michael Carter, the running back, is potentially available in your league. Um, Is he someone that you're interested in starting, Eric?
1: Yes. I mean, he returned last week against Miami. Uh, Certainly struggled. Um, Only got us a couple points, uh, I believe, what, three PPR points? So, Mm -hmm. um, it's tough to trust him for sure. Uh, But it's Jacksonville. So, (laughs) Jacksonville makes anyone interested. Uh, He's my running back 25 here, and he's the clear lead back. So, Hey, if you're in a decimated roster, Michael Carter will be out there against a bad defense. So go for it. Okay. Um, Amir Abdullah uh,
0: and Craig Reynolds, some guys who have performed well in the past few weeks with uncertain running back situations. Is
1: there any chance that you want to start either Amir Abdullah or Craig Reynolds this week? Um, I had Reynolds at RB 26 because it's against Atlanta, but now it looks like Jamal Williams is coming back. Maybe even uh, DeAndre Swift. We're not real sure, Uh, but they're both practicing, I believe. So that really takes a lot of the shine off Reynolds. I, I think if it was just Reynolds and Williams, then maybe you can get him as a starter in the RB30 range, but that's probably it for Reynolds. Um, and as far as Abdullah, like, I'm actually, I feel like I'm kind of high on him. I think there's some pass-catching potential with him. Um, I like him more than Chuba Hubbard in this matchup against Tampa Bay, but, I mean, he's still running back 37. So you'd have to be in a really deep league with a flex spot where you were desperate to start Abdullah. But I, I could see him catching four, five, six passes. He caught four last week, so um, there is some upside there.
2: Yeah, with Abdullah, those are the high value touches in that backfield. So I agree. I prefer him to anybody else there. As for Kutztown University graduate Craig Reynolds, hope I said it right that time. Uh, Yeah, he's someone that I'd be happy to start as an RB2 if he was the only one in the backfield. But that seems pretty unlikely. I think there's a good chance that Swift is going to be back in particular. So probably not someone that you can play, but hold him just in case. Yeah, well, I was actually going to say, hold him. He's only 13% rostered. Um, is he
0: someone that, that we should still be adding and putting on the bench in in case uh, the DeAndre Swift isn't active? Now Jamal Williams has been activated from the COVID reserve list. Like, he's back. Um, he's back. He's practicing. He's going to be playing this weekend short of him getting hurt between now and then. Uh, God, I have to knock on wood so many times this week. Uh, but um, is Craig Reynolds worth
1: stashing on your bench? I, I do think he is, but, I mean, he's been – RB 23 and RB 17 over the last two weeks rushed for almost 200 total yards. So if no one's picked him up yet, I guess you can just roll with it until kickoff. And if you need him, pick him up. But I mean, I think he's worth the spot on the bench for sure. Okay. Um, some injury news to discuss. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson didn't
0: practice with an illness. There's no reporting yet on whether or not it's COVID related. Usually they, the, they go out of their way to say non COVID illness. So I, I almost feel like we're waiting to get tests back. Uh, but, and Damien Harris uh, was limited with a hamstring uh, which he was inactive for this past week he's hoping to come back so uh what you know stevenson didn't do very well with the to himself this past week uh what interest do you have in starting Damian harris uh if stevenson's out if harris is active and they're playing buffalo which is one of the better run defenses in the league um you know where does Damian harris rank for you
1: yeah so i mean yeah buffalo is allowed like the six fewest points to running backs um I kind of ranked them both like they were both playing and that put them both in like the 30 to 35 range. Um, if it was just Harris, you can certainly get him up higher than that. It's probably around 27, 28. Uh, it's, it's a game script thing. They fell behind last week. They had to throw and that meant it was Brandon Bolton. So same thing could happen to Harris. It's just really just comes down to the game script against Buffalo. So he's going to have a pretty low floor, um, but he's talented, good running game. So you could, you could start him as an RB two.
0: So, Ryan, would you rank Brandon Bolden higher than Damian Harris?
2: <laughs> uh, I was already like reliving the most recent Patriots game in my mind and thinking about how the game script got away from them. And then you just hit me with Brandon Bolden <laughs> and kicked me while I'm down. I, so I, I don't I'm not even going to dignify your question with an answer.
0: Uh, I will I will ask this question. Um, is Damian Harris someone worth holding off on starting Deontay Foreman for? Like if you've got Foreman, you've got Harris, you've got one open running back spot. Are you slotting in ha- Foreman in today? Or are you holding out hope uh that Harris is the lone running back there in, in New England?
1: Uh I th- man, I'm just pretty down on Foreman. So I think I would hold out hope for Harris personally. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know Foreman's been good. I just I just can't get myself to start him.
2: Yeah, I'd also hold out hope for Harris. I'd be a little higher than Eric. I'd have him as a back-end RB2 if he's alone, because hopefully the game script will be different, I'd say, as <laughs> as a battered and beaten Patriots fan. Poor us. We're, we've been having a real tough run lately.
0: Oh, man, it's been so sad. Uh, Kareem Hunt won't play this week, regardless of his COVID stats. Um, he's not ready to return from his ankle injury. At this point, do you even still hang on to Kareem Hunt? Is he, is he droppable uh, to get actual active depth um at at you know whatever position you might need it at
1: i think he's worth dropping there's just there's so much stuff swirling around right now you need all the spots you can get and chubb is healthy right now so it's you know best case scenario he's stepping into his old role it's not like he's got the backfield here to himself so i think you can move on from hunt we're running out of weeks here
0: Okay. And then uh, James Conner did not practice with a heel injury. That's new. Last week, it was an ankle injury that he gutted out against the Lions uh, as Chase Edmonds also returned in that game. So uh, this is a perfect segue into, normally we do like rankings disputes, other like fun stuff. It's not fun anymore. This isn't isn't fun. We're just going to be talking about what we're calling, uh, are we in any way, shape or form confident? In, in these players and, and what we can expect from them. So we're going to start with the Arizona backfield, James Conner, Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, how confident can you feel if you've got one of these
1: running backs on your team heading into this week? I am not very, and I was pretty high on Conner and had him ranked pretty high most of the year, but um, I didn't even know about the new injury. So that just adds another layer onto it. Uh, Conner only saw 44% of the snaps last week. Edmonds saw 39, which is just a horrible split. Um, uh, Arizona's kind of moving the wrong direction here. Uh, the team just seems to be, you know, it's obviously taken a step back without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Colts have given up like the fifth fewest points to running backs this year. It's not a good spot here. And I don't know how they're going to use these running backs necessarily. So I think Connor's back in the touchdown dependent range and I, Edmonds is way down at running back 34 for me. I, I don't think you can really start him right now.
0: Ryan, are you more worried about me throwing it to you here because you believe so much in Chase Edmonds or because I'm going to ask you about the fact that you just watched this Colts defense shut down a running game. So what does this do for your thoughts on the Arizona backfield?
2: Yeah, I'm still just in my spiral thinking about how I'm probably going to have to start Chase Edmonds in a dynasty league this week. (laughs) Um, My confidence level on either of them is pretty low, but I would rather be starting them than like random guys. You're getting off the trash heap, like a Texans running back or something. That's about where I'm at. I think
0: you <laughs> going straight for the Texans, right? Like, yeah, it's, he's better than Rex Burkhead. Okay. That's what we're going yeah. <laughs> um, Okay. Deontay Foreman. I'm going to go back to this guy, Deontay Foreman or an Arizona uh, Cardinals running back.
1: I actually have Foreman ahead of Edmonds, uh, which is terrible. But um, I have Connor way ahead of Foreman, so that's my order.
2: I'd put them both over Foreman. Okay, uh,
0: Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, or
1: Eric for you, Connor, uh, Ryan for you, both of them. Yes. Yeah, so I actually have Connor ahead of Wilson Jr. Um, I could go back and forth on that one. I yeah, think. Yeah. But take the
0: uncertainty. Uh, the, like the, you have to make that decision tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I mean, Connor just for the touchdown upside, I think. But yeah, I mean, like you said before, it might be worth just taking Jeff Wilson. If he's playing and he's healthy and he's playing Thursday night, just get him in your lineup.
2: I agree Wilson over both of them just because of uncertainty.
0: Okay. And then um what about like Justin Jackson or Ronald Jones? Um those ones you don't have to decide on until uh Saturday or Sunday. So it's not, you know, you can wait and see on James Connor. Um let's assume Connor's healthy. Uh Justin Jackson, Ronald Jones, or the Arizona
1: guys um let's see so i'm gonna go with james Conner, still my highest of them um then it's justin jackson i there's just too many names here miles i don't know <laughs> i don't know well, starting Edmund, anymore edmunds, edmunds is lowest for you eric yeah. i know that so you can at least take. <laughs> tell his me what out. to say <laughs>
0: uh ryan uh how where are you with the arizona guys versus uh rojo or jackson
2: i'm just not confident playing James Connor in a week where he's missing practice with an injury we don't mm-hmm. know about even if he's active I think yeah. I'd rather play Rojo or Justin Jackson over him
0: okay so long story short if you've got Connor Edmonds you should probably be looking to supplement your running back depth and or looking to your bench with the guys that you've got that's that's really what we're trying to get at here confidence level not high not mm-hmm. high with Connor and Edmonds uh in their situation let's move to a different NFC west team Uh, Sony, Michelle, and Daryl Henderson on the Rams. Uh, Henderson came back last week. Michelle was still the lead back. But, you know, Henderson still working his way back from from injury. Is that just, you know, he was working his way back. They were giving Michelle a little bit of leeway considering how well he did against the Jaguars. Um, Or is this going to be the situation moving forward where Michelle is going to get more of the carries uh, than Henderson anyway? Can you in any way feel confident if you are either the Michelle or the Henderson manager?
1: it's a similar spot. I have them both ranked a little higher than the Arizona counterparts here, uh, but I have Michelle 19 and I have Daryl Henderson 29. I do trust this game against Minnesota and the dome to be higher scoring. So that's great. I trust the Rams offense. So there's touchdown potential. Um, Michelle played 73% of the snaps last week and Henderson played 27. I don't think that's just easing them back in. I, I really do think Michelle has earned maybe a one A to a one B role, maybe a little more than that, but I think they're going to ride Michelle for a little while here. So, I like Michelle the most um, Henderson is next, but like I said, this much higher scoring game here. So I, I feel better rolling the dice with either of these guys.
2: I agree. The Rams haven't shown a lot of reason for us to think they're all that crazy about Henderson. I mean, they did go out and draft cam Akers right after drafting him and making him split with Malcolm Brown, his rookie year. I still remember that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, agree that you can't be crazy confident on henderson i also agree that michelle is who i'd feel a little better about and the game environment is potentially good for both of them either could be scoring a touchdown so i think you're definitely feeling better than the cardinals guys okay and i mean even
0: more recently than than what you just mentioned with the the rams being you know not all in on on henderson they'd went out and traded for sony michelle um earlier this year now obviously that was in, in large part due to cam Akers getting hurt um uh and, and them you know not being positive about daryl henderson holding up as a uh you know lead back for a whole for a whole season that was the reporting by the way around that trade was that they were concerned about daryl henderson's ability to be a workhorse back all year long and and guess what they were proven right he can't do it for a whole season um they might see even if they see him as the better running back it might be a case of do we need to run henderson into the ground now when the playoffs are around the corner so um Sony Michelle, you guys rank him higher. Um, You can feel decent if you've got Michelle. If you've got Henderson, um, I mean, Henderson, we'll just use the the Mason-Dixon line here, the Deontay Foreman line. Is Henderson above or below the Deontay Foreman line for you guys?
1: He's above for me. I just trust
0: that offense, and he's more explosive.
2: I agree. He's above. I okay. love the yeah. Deontay Foreman line. This yeah.
0: This is, I mean, it, it's a good line. It's a good, he's a, he's the volume back, even if he doesn't get the snaps. He's still a volume back there in Tennessee and he's playing tomorrow. So we have to make that, um, that decision. And then, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is like the, I don't know, the slightly, the Joey Gallo line now, the, the, the 240 <laughs> batting average. Anyway, uh, so moving on, um, uh, Rashad Penny, uh, had a fantastic week a couple weeks ago um you know was still the lead back against the rams um much less of a great week but you know still the lead back there um although dj dallas getting eight carries 41 yards and the touchdown definitely concerning um you know can you at all feel confident if you added rashad penny you know before last week uh playing this week against chicago uh
1: it's troubling i mean he left the game for a brief period of time but uh he played most of the game and he he did get more carries than DJ Dallas, but um, DJ Dallas outsnapped him 58 to 42. So I think, I, I don't know. I think Pete Carroll's just messing with us all here. Um, I, I still have Penny RB28 just because I do think against Chicago, they can get the lead and run the ball and establish the run all day like they want to. Um, but Dallas, I mean, it's weird because Dallas has gone from like, you know, a, a healthy scratch, not even used to all of a sudden he jumps ahead of penny when penny just had a great week so i really don't know what to think here but penny has a little more upside and uh yeah against chicago i think they can run the ball enough he'll be fairly useful so he's above the uh deontay foreman line for me but still not super confident
2: (laughs) i'm terrified of this seattle backfield at this point like it was weeks ago when i said yeah whoever is running the ball for seattle in the fantasy playoffs is going to be really really helpful for your fantasy teams and it's just become an absolute nightmare um I would put them both below the Deontay Foreman line actually I I just don't know what's gonna happen here okay
1: Alex Collins is coming off the COVID list too that's why he wasn't there last week so who knows if if Collins gets 30% of the snaps with the other two then it's a, a big mess here
0: Also, by the way, uh, a great point on uh, you mentioning Alex Collins coming off the COVID list. He was only on it for six days, so it just goes to show uh, we're starting to get quicker turnarounds on uh, on unvaccinated players. So um, we could, you know, going back to that way, way earlier conversation, uh, we could see guys like Eckler, Kelsey Hill come back uh, quicker cooks. So uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, another backfield that we love talking about. That's the Miami backfield um duke johnson miles gaskin's healthy miles gaskin's playing miles gaskin gets less than half the rushing attempts that duke johnson gets as duke johnson rushed 22 times for 107 yards and two touchdowns amazingly the first 100 yard uh rush uh rushing game for for miami this year so uh what what do we think about duke johnson uh you know repeating this performance or you know just being better than miles gaskin
1: (laughs) I mean, the Dolphins seem like the kind of team that if he's their best running back, they'll use him. I don't know that they're going to just bench him, you know, as everyone gets healthy off the COVID list. Uh, They've had a lot of turnover there. So he saw 58% of the snaps. Yaskin only 37 last week. So I think we can kind of trust Duke Johnson, you know, as as much as we can at this point in the year. Um, So I I do think he's worth a start for some rosters. He's RB 27 for me. So I'd I'd play him over Rashad Penny, for instance.
0: Okay.
2: I had finally given up on Duke Johnson. (laughs) like probably last year when he was just like getting cut from the Texans, I was like, okay, it's probably over for this guy. Um, but man, I I don't know what to say when he's putting up the best performance of his professional career on the ground at this point. Um, I think it's possible that Gaskin was – thought by the coaching staff to be out the entire week. And then they just went ahead and executed their game plan with Duke Johnson as they had planned. And Gaskin is again, the lead back this week. Um, but I sure hope it's Duke Johnson again. That's where I'm at. And again, I think just for uncertainty's sake, they're below the Deontay form in line, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And, and they are going from playing the jets to playing the saints. Uh, so much, much tougher rush defense. Um, uh, than, than you know, the jets are so I can, I can understand being concerned about that. Um, I, I certainly would not feel very confident starting these last few guys we've been talking about Rashad Penny, Duke Johnson. I wouldn't feel very confident about them at all. I would definitely no. be, be looking at some other options. And then finally, let's get to the Detroit backfield. Uh, Craig Reynolds, been the lead running back there for two weeks in a row now. I don't know who Jamar Jefferson is, uh, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, but Deandre Swift, um, coming back, uh, practicing this week. Now, d- not mean he's playing this week um dan campbell did say that they're gonna see how he's feeling and uh uh jamal williams off the covid list um he's healthy he's ready to play so uh what what do you do here let's let's start with the easy one if deandre swift is healthy deandre swift is the only one worth starting is that is that safe to say
1: yeah man you're most likely starting him too if you have him he's he's top 20 running back i would say at least
0: and they are playing Atlanta, who Jeff Wilson Jr. just just gashed yep. right through. Um, if DeAndre Swift is not healthy or if they're like, we're going to give DeAndre Swift five snaps this week to, you know, whatever. They, they're like coming out right off the bat saying DeAndre Swift, while healthy, is not going to play very much. Um, what does that do for the Jamal Williams, Craig Reynolds, you know, kind of situation for you? Are you starting either of them?
1: Well, I think even if he's even if he's active, I think that would be enough to scare me off, everyone. But um, if he's straight up out, I, I don't think there's any circumstance here where we can play Jamal Williams. Really, uh, he's kind of taking a back seat already. He's been out multiple weeks with COVID, so I, I wouldn't think he's just going to take over the backfield. So I, I think kind of as Swift's out. I think you could talk yourself into Reynolds as like the 60-40 of the split here, uh, but he's still he's going to be down the RB thirty range. So uh, it, it's kind of Swift or bust. But you could you could maybe play Reynolds if this breaks right.
2: I agree. If Swift's out, then you can talk yourself into Reynolds being above the Deontay Foreman line. I think just the p- potential that he's just going to have another 80% share of this backfield is too high to not want to hold out and play him.
0: Yeah. And we were talking last week about being concerned, uh, you know, that Arizona is a better defense. Than Denver on the ground and, and whatnot, but he puts up 112 rushing yards against Arizona. It took him 26 attempts, but still, uh, and they're playing Atlanta, so much, much easier defense this week. Um, Are there any other running backs that you feel like uh, people are very concerned about out there, that people uh, shouldn't be concerned about playing or should be concerned? Is there anyone else that, that needs to be talked about?
1: think we hit on most of them here Um, I do think Joe Mixon he seems to be okay in practice with his health mm-hmm. and this Bengals Ravens game is like almost completely a playoff game it's a massive game so if if Mixon can walk he's going to be out there and playing so I, I'd feel pretty confident playing Mixon this week
0: okay yeah Mixon Mixon definitely playable uh, and you're right AFC North is wide open so a uh, huge huge game. I think all four teams are are in the mix, right? So this is this is a very important any in division games, very important for the AFC North.
1: Yeah, but I think if the Bengals win this one, they're like 80% to to win the division or something. So uh, they can kind of like put a stranglehold on it if they win this one. But same for the Ravens if the Ravens win it. So it's it's a pretty crazy situation right now in the AFC North. All right, let's head
0: on over to wide receiver then. Um <laughs> this one's actually a lot I I mean, I I'm gonna, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. I, I was immediately going to take it back. We'll just start with injury uh, news. You mentioned Jamison Crowder earlier. Jamison Crowder did not practice with a calf injury. Uh, so that means that the top three wide receivers for New York could be out this week. Um, you can just, simple yes or no, do you have any interest in adding Keelan Cole or Denzel Mims?
1: No. Uh,
0: maybe Cole. Okay. Uh, what, 24-team league? Uh, 40-man roster kind of a situation
2: the Jaguars are one of the biggest pass funnels in the NFL like they're league bottom against wide receivers and do a decent job of stopping the run actually so I think a Keelan Cole with 10 targets is maybe someone you want to play with how the receiver position looks this week because as I said everyone's floor is zero so I, I think you could be in that situation
0: okay uh adam Thielen uh, uh was limited today uh he tried to play last week was a game time decision to be inactive so uh, uh there's a chance that adam Thielen, a uh, good chance adam Thielen plays this week uh, any reason not to play adam Thielen?
1: nope touchdown potential loans worth playing him this week okay uh
0: and then uh emmanuel sanders participated in the bills walkthrough uh today now he's you know he's injured so you know doing a walkthrough not too difficult but uh a lot of times if there's no chance of them playing they won't even participate in the walkthrough so um this means that the bills do think sanders has a shot at playing especially with cole beasley out um you know this means that they there's room for uh, another wide receiver there so emmanuel sanders um does this do anything uh for gabriel davis for you are you at all concerned about him or is the fact that beasley's out does that make it okay
1: Yeah, it drops uh, Davis down a few spots for sure. I have no interest starting Sanders. He was struggling coming off an injury against the Patriots. But uh, there's a chance for Davis to have a real big role this week, and that would kind of hurt it if that's true.
2: I've got to eat crow on Gabe Davis this week, unfortunately. So, yeah, I think if Sanders plays, he's less interesting. But if he doesn't, then he's a legitimate start. All right, and then uh,
0: again, most added kind of uh, wonky this week. Uh, we don't have the full waiver wire data, but I'll just say that the the top three names that really pop out, um, especially with the way that they perform recently, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Russell Gage, and Gabriel Davis. Uh, any one of those guys not worth starting this week, or are you just gonna fire them up if you got them on your roster?
1: Oh yeah, we can. I think we can start them all. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown was consensus wide receiver twenty five this week. No bye weeks. Uh, it, that's it's wild, but I, I believe it. Uh, He's looked good and he's getting a lot of work. So all three of them, you can start.
2: Yeah, I agree. St. Brown's the one that I worry a little bit about because with Swift potentially coming back, then maybe there's not as many targets to go around. Um, But yeah, I think all three of them are legitimate flex plays.
0: All right. And then uh, Antonio Brown's actually only 70% rostered. A lot of people uh, ditched him over the past, you know, I was gonna say a few weeks. He's been out since like week five. Um, But uh, you definitely should be adding Antonio Brown and you should be starting Antonio Brown because Eric has Antonio Brown ranked in his top 10 at wide receiver. So first guy on the confidence level, if you have Antonio Brown, how confident are you in starting him?
1: Yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, and even like the concern is if he doesn't play a huge snap share, like he was dominating early in the season, playing less snaps than both Evans and Godwin. So he was already getting it done on limited snaps. So, uh, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, whatever you want for Brown.
2: He's a 10 for me. Brady's looking for him. If he's on the field,
0: Antonio Brown or AJ Brown, start them both. If you have them both, uh, you probably don't have enough wide receivers that are good enough to be, to not start them. Uh, all right. Let's talk about, uh, Arizona wide receiver, Christian Kirk. Um, I mean, he, he, you know, saw the volume, uh, especially with DeAndre Hopkins out. So, uh, are you confident firing up Christian Kirk again this week?
1: Yeah, I am. I mean, Hopkins is just such a big loss to that offense. Someone has to fill it in. We've been mildly impressed with AJ green, but I mean, he still is, you know, past the prime of his career. And, uh, Kirk is just the one that makes a ton of sense. I mean, nine catches 12 targets 94 yards and a touchdown last week and he was pretty consistent uh, double digit PPR points even before that with Hopkins around so uh, there's a chance that he could uh, you know win you league this year in the last two weeks of the season I've I've got him uh, wide receiver 18 I know it sounds crazy but we're already talking about him on Ross St. Brown at 25 so uh, it's really not that high for Kirk to get up to 18 this week.
2: Kirk's my wide receiver 27 but that puts him in the same tier as my wide receiver 18 so yeah I can't fault you start him if you have him.
0: All right, and then let's uh just like we did in the running back section, let's head back to LA, um, where we've got two guys, you know, competing for for targets. Uh, they combined for five of them last week against Seattle. So, um, can you feel good about going back to the uh, Van Jefferson or Odell Beckham Jr. Well, this week?
1: Yeah, I think it's worth chasing them personally. Um, I you know, there's just such a big hole to fill with Robert Woods out. Uh, we saw Jefferson on the field for 92% of the snaps, Beckham for 76. But Beckham was coming off of uh, COVID, and he'd been banged up a little bit. And I just – I really like this matchup against Minnesota. I just think in a dome there's a chance for a high score here. Uh, that game against Seattle was a little weird and just slower paced. But I wouldn't expect it this week. So um, I've got Beckham wide receiver 24. Um, Van Jefferson I do have lower just because I do think Odell Beckham's the more talented player. But uh, I have Van Jefferson wide receiver 32. Uh, you can certainly play him wide receiver three or flex.
2: This was the game that scared me off of Van Jefferson. It finally happened. Sorry, Eric. I've been with Thanks. you most of the season on him, but only two targets and getting out targeted by Ben Skovreneck, whose name I probably just mispronounced. Like I I just don't see it now. I I think he could be good for a big play, and that's definitely possible against Minnesota, but there are receivers I would rather start in my flex.
1: I just think last week was so skewed because Cooper Cup got 40, uh, 45% target share. Like, I know he's going to get a lot of targets, but uh, that's a little high. So there could be a few more targets to go around this week.
0: I'm going to I'm going to do a financially smart thing and start like a jar. You know, a lot of people have like a curse jar. I'm going to have a jar for every time you guys say a name that I've never heard before in my entire life. I'm going to put a dollar in that jar. Uh, Ben Skarnak. That's a that's a new one for me. Um, Let's head on over to Washington, where the only thing scary about Terry McLaurin is the fact that it's been four straight weeks of under 10 points in PPR. Um, obviously there's been some quarterback issues. Uh, it was Garrett Gilbert starting, uh, uh, for the Washington football team this week. I don't know if, uh, Taylor Heineke will be back. I think he and, uh, Kyle Allen are still on the COVID list as of this moment. So can you start Terry McLaurin? Uh, does the quarterback matter? And, and, you know, can you start him regardless?
1: I may have gone a little overboard here, but I just kept dropping him down my rankings, Terry McLaurin. It's just been – it's been ugly for – really ever since, like, week five. I mean, he had a spike game against the Packers, 122 yards and touchdown. He had a 100-yard and a touchdown against Carolina. And other than that, it's like a high of 12 PPR points over the last, you know, two-thirds of the season. So, I'm just kind of out on McLaurin, mostly because of that disaster, the QB situation. But, I mean, he hasn't hit double-digit targets since week seven. Um, You know, like six catches was as high back in week 10 since the bye week. Like, It's just it's trending the wrong way. And Dallas is so loaded with playmakers on defense. I know they're not maybe well, they're they're probably one of the top defenses in the league. We don't know if it's going to stay that way through the playoffs, but they're playing like it right now. Talent all over the place. I just I think Washington's headed in the wrong direction here.
2: Yeah, I have McLaurin ranked wide receiver 25, but now that I'm looking at it, there are guys below him that I'd rather start over him. Guys like Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, uh, he just doesn't have the ceiling of a lot of these other players at this point from what we've seen. So if we're still with the philosophy of everyone's floor is zero, then there's definitely guys I'd rather start over Terry McLaurin based on ceiling.
0: Uh, all right. And then, I mean, staying with big names that are, that are concerning people uh, DK Metcalf since uh, the Seahawks uh, week nine bye, has been pretty pedestrian uh, and that's probably putting it as kindly as I can. Uh, in And then similarly, uh, Michael Pittman, you know, has had spike weeks, but he's also had some real down weeks uh, over the past few weeks. Can you feel confident starting DK Metcalf and Michael Pittman, or are you looking to kind of, uh, not replace them, but are you are you looking at Amon Ross, Saint Brown, at Christian Kirk, at Russell Gage, at these guys you might have got off the wire these past few weeks, Van Jeffersons,
1: uh, and looking to start them over Metcalf and Pittman. For Metcalf, I do have Kirk ahead of him, one spot ahead of him. I would start him over the rest that you mentioned. I just keep chasing. It's been bad, but he still does have eight or more targets in five of the last six weeks. He had twelve last week. We saw Wilson miss him on a deep ball. I, it there's something there for me to still chase with Metcalf, but I, I, there are chances you have better options. Um, so he's a tough one there. I, I, I still have him wide receiver 19 though. So uh, Pittman though, I mean, yeah, he's wide receiver 26, tougher matchup against Arizona. They're just so run heavy. He's fallen off a cliff lately. So you can certainly find better options than Pittman.
2: I have Metcalf at wide receiver 21. I would start him over those like streamer pickup waiver type of guys that you mentioned. I agree with Eric. It's DK Metcalf. We still know that he's a physical specimen and can break the field on any given play. So I think he still should be in lineups. Pittman has done nothing lately, way less confident that Michael Pittman is like good at football. So I've got him down at wide receiver 35.
0: All right. What about the Dallas wide receivers? Uh, Amari Cooper has only had two uh, performances since their bye week of above 10 points in PPR. And then Michael Gallup, um, who's been a little bit more consistent than that lately, but um, also just had a down week, only scored six points in PPR last week against New York. Uh,
1: Can you start either of these guys? I mean, it's getting rough. It's just this offense has fallen back to earth so much. The defense is playing well so they're not in these just complete shootouts Um, it definitely makes you think twice I still have Cooper wide receiver 25 but uh, there are some names ahead of them I wouldn't have thought uh, like Devontae Parker DJ Moore Hunter Renfro so um, uh, Gallup's a little lower wide receiver 36 you can play them there's always the upside here in Dallas but this is a different Dallas offense than we saw I think early on in the season
2: My take this week is actually Gallup over Cooper. He's been seeing more targets. He's been doing more with them. Amari Cooper just hasn't looked like himself since returning from COVID-19. So I think Gallup is like a borderline wide receiver, two, three, and Cooper is more of a desperation flex slash maybe bench him.
0: All right. um, Let's move on to quarterback. Uh, I mean, let's start with – we can start with Dallas where we just were. you know, Dak Prescott has not been good lately. Um, you guys both still have him in your top ten at quarterback, but that might be more of an indictment about quarterback right now, this time of year, than it is about Dak himself. I, I know before the show started, Eric, you were uh, you were a little down on quarterback as a position right now.
1: <laughs> That's been a running theme of the this, this season. So um Dak is no exception. I mean, four of his last five games he's been QB twenty one or worse. Um but the thing that keeps you going back to Dak is the volume. He is still throwing like 37 times 39 times 40 times a game like the volume is there Uh, the yardage total is not he's in the low 200s but um, Washington's not a real good defense they've turned it around lately but I do think there's enough upside with Dak that QB 9 seems reasonable I'd trust him over Taysom Hill just because I don't know what Taysom Hill's floor is and I do expect Dallas to turn it around eventually but um, he's not up to like that QB 4-5 range that we would have thought a couple months ago
2: yeah, I agree with Dak over Hill. I would play Dak over Tyler Huntley, my streamer. He's above that range of guys, but firmly below guys that I actually feel good about and actually want to play, which is a lot fewer than you would hope.
0: Uh, we talked about we talked about Patrick Mahomes at the the top of the show, and you talked about Tyler Huntley during your streamer section. Tyler Huntley being your streamer of the week, assuming Lamar Jackson can't play, which by the way, you know if you missed it he's not practiced yet this week so good chance he doesn't play but let me just ask you in terms of in term, and, and it sucks that that quarterback feels this way but in terms of like anything actionable about it I mean uh, the top nine quarterbacks are the guys that we've had all year long that we're starting there's not much you can really do about it to get away from them like are you are you really going to consider benching you know Dak Prescott or Tom Brady after the performances that they've had
1: No. Uh, I mean, Brady has been so, so good. We've got to give him one week. And I know if the weapons are worse, that could hurt him. But uh, if we get Antonio and maybe Evans out there, I think that's enough with Gronk. So, nope, I still got Brady uh, QB7. Uh, Like I said, Dak QB9. I'm still rolling them out there in the, the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I think AB and Gronk are plenty for Brady. And Vegas agrees. The game total is really high for the Buccaneers. They don't seem to think it'll be a big deal. So I would roll Brady out again. If you're in
0: a, a really tough spot, maybe Lamar Jackson was the only uh, quarterback that you've rostered all year long and and you didn't pick up Tyler Huntley uh, in time you were streaming Jimmy Garoppolo or someone else. Um, who are some other options in case you can't get to Huntley? Who are some other options that you're looking at as someone that you might be interested in starting this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his um, roster ship percentage is, but Justin Fields, he's got uh, four QB. 10 or better performances in his last five games one of those was an injury game so fields has really settled into a qb10 uh, range quarterback so you can definitely stream him he's running more you're getting some passing game work going with him finally so fields is one i'd look at uh, garoppolo against tennessee and if you really want the high variance option uh, cam newtons is always out there i know the floor <laughs> is like zero but um he was, was qb4 last week you laugh but he was qb4 so it doesn't matter if you're a good quarterback in real life if you run the ball you can be a good fantasy quarterback.
0: No, it's just the high variance thing because we've now seen two performances above 25 points and two performances below 14 points, uh, and six point for passing touchdown leagues anyway. Um, Justin Fields, by the way, 26% rostered. So between him and I think like 12% rostered, Tyler Huntley, uh, there's a good chance you're able to find someone uh, to start this week. Finally, let's wrap it up with tight end. Um, right off the top, Pat Fryermuth did not practice. Um, he's in the concussion protocol. It took like a really nasty hit. Uh, this past week. So if you have Muth and you need to find someone, Ryan did mention, uh, you know, recommend Cole Komet during his streamer section. Are there any other tight ends uh, that you're looking at as possible streamer options um, this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have Komet as tight end twelve, so he would definitely be one. Um, we we mention him, I think, every week. But James O'Shaughnessy, they're playing the Jets. Uh, he's getting four to six targets a game. I, I think you could get some decent projection out of uh, O'Shaughnessy. And then uh, Ricky Seals Jones, like he's not got back to that early season uh, peak that we saw, but coming off an injury, maybe it took a little time for him to get involved in the offense. And he did see seven targets last week. It didn't result in much, but uh, seven targets isn't bad for a tight end. So I think O'Shaughnessy, Ricky Seals Jones, Komet, those are the ones you're looking at here.
2: Yeah, there's 14 tight ends I'm willing to start this week and James O'Shaughnessy is the last one. Um, I still wouldn't mess with Ricky Seals Jones if I could help it at all.
0: If Higby gets activated off the COVID reserve list, does he is he in that list for you, in that group for you of, of willing to start or is he outside of it?
2: He almost has to be in that offense and in the game against the Vikings. I mean, Higby's been very up and down this year, but as far as who's going to catch a touchdown, he's got to be up there with most of these guys. Yeah, he's a
1: tough one to know what to do with, but uh, he gives you 10 points fairly often and plays in a good offense. So yeah, I've got him at tight end 13, so pretty much the same as Ryan.
0: Okay. And then, uh, just, just to name some of the tight ends that you, if you have this guy, you might want to think twice and, uh, think about these other guys, uh, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, uh, Mike Gasicki are the ones at the bottom of, uh, Ryan's rankings and consensus rankings. I don't have Eric's rankings yet. Eric, do you feel the same about Gasicki, Henry, and Fant being the guys that are, are giving you a little bit of pause?
1: Yeah, those are the ones right up against the, the group we just mentioned. So I would still play them <laughs> against them. Um, Fant is just splitting the work with Alberto and the rest of the pass catchers. I mean, Hunter Henry looked awesome last week. So uh, two touchdowns, 77 yards receiving, I'd, I'd feel pretty decent rolling him out there. So yeah, that's the end of my group though, right there.
0: No, Hunter Henry didn't look so great last time they played Buffalo. So. Don't, don't look at that. Uh, if you missed it, that was the wind game. They threw the ball three times. Uh, that, that, that does not mean anything. I should not be that windy again this weekend, uh, but uh, that is a good, a good point at, you know, an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast or whatever we're at uh, weather matters. Look at the weather. If it's really windy, that, that, that can be a huge factor. Um, so just keep that in mind uh, as you're, as you're looking at your lineups. Um, Lastly, let's just talk defense real quick. Uh, We already uh, talked about our our favorite streamer of the week. That's Seattle against Chicago. Um, One defense that we do need to talk about, they're 85% rostered on Yahoo. So there's a lot of teams that are still holding them out there. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, They've scored a combined five points the last two weeks, and they play Indianapolis this week and then head to Dallas next week. Is Arizona a defense that's worth hanging on to? Do you anticipate playing them in either of these matchups?
1: Not for me. I mean they just gave up thirty to Detroit. So it's it's going the wrong direction. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: Yeah, they're they're not a top twelve defense in either of the next two weeks, so I don't see a reason to have them on your roster.
0: All right, And then every every other defense that's uh, highly rostered has at least one great matchup in the next few weeks. Um, And by the way, a defense that everyone's been talking about is a great playoff defense because they play New York Giants this week and Washington next week is Philadelphia. They're still only 51% rostered. Um, Definitely someone that you could go and pick up uh, besides Seattle. Um, Are there any other uh, low rostered uh, defenses that you guys anticipate uh, snagging for uh, the fantasy playoffs?
1: No, I think that's most of them. Unfortunately, we get uh, the Jets and Jaguars playing each other, so that wipes out a couple defenses for us. But you never know. Either side of that ball could pay off for you. So if if you're real desperate, you can pick one of them up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to tell the jets or the Jaguars. So <laughs> I I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with no.
0: <laughs> I mean, Houston, Houston did just put up 10 points as a defense against the Jaguars. Um, thanks to three sacks and holding uh, Jacksonville to just 10 points or sorry, just 16 points. So, you know, it's, um it's not out of the realm of possibility for, for these defenses to do well. So if you're in a really deep league or if, I've seen some leagues where teams have three defenses, if you're on the wrong side of that league, um, you could probably still do better than the Jets and Jacksonville against each other. <laughs> All right. Detroit, well, that's Detroit versus Atlanta. That's two defenses there. Would you rather have them? Yeah. Rank. You know, what? let's just do, rank those four defenses for me, Eric, since you brought it up. Rank Detroit, the Jets, Atlanta and Jacksonville.
1: Give me the uh, Detroit Dan Campbell Lions. Uh, then we're going to go with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, then the Jets and then the Falcons. All right, that's probably the wrong order. I don't know. I don't
0: think the order this is 29 through 32. I don't think the order matters regardless. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here this week. Best of luck in your semifinals uh, or quarterfinals or finals. Everyone's fantasy playoffs are all weird, but best of luck. Uh, hopefully you're out there winning your leagues, moving on. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully this is just like an easy week for you. Hopefully you're not too affected by everything that's going on. And, and you're looking at your lineup and listening to this podcast. going like, what are they talking about? I've got uh Devonte Adams and Cooper cup. And uh, I don't know. Kyler Murray. And that's about bad example. Justin Herbert. Life's great. I don't know they're worried about. So, hopefully, that's you, and we'll see you next week. Quick knockoff look.